DJ make a move. She cute. Your host of Candy Kitty TV everywhere you need to be. <laughs> and if you don't know by now, it's not your typical interview, y'all. Candy Kisses blown away. Candy Kisses TV for tomorrow. Michelle C, aka DJ Make a Move. Now, before we even get started, make sure you like, comment, subscribe. It is free 99. Stop looking and not subscribing. So, do what you can do. But I am bringing you another dope talent. This is a comedian, slash actor, slash writer, slash jack of all trades. Been in the comedy game for a minute now. I've, I've been doing this for a couple of years now, and he's really doing his thing. Moved from Atlanta to LA to do his Hollywood thing, and is taking over LA. So, with all that being said, introducing Mr. Sean Larkins. What is going on? What up? Thank you for having me on tonight. So let's get right on into it. How did you know that you were funny, and why did you want to get into the comedy game? Um, I uh, I was working. I had come to Atlanta. I think in like '95. And like a year later is when I started. I was working uh, security at Macy's at the time. And uh, it's funny, man, some coworkers had been to the comedy club at least once or twice before that. And comedy had never crossed my mind. Never. Never in my life. And uh, this night, it was uh, Jonathan Slocum was on stage. And he was killing. And I leaned into one of my coworkers. I was like, he funny, but he ain't that damn funny. I was like, I could do that shit. And um, something clicked in my head that night. I went home that night. I started writing jokes. Mm. And, uh, yeah, um, I wrote Joe, wrote me a little five-minute set. Uh, but two weeks later, I came back to the same comedy club. The first person I ever met in comedy was uh, Hurricane Andrew. And I said, I want to do comedy. Where should I go? He's like, this place downtown called Teddy's Live in the underground, Atlanta. Uh, go down there tomorrow, put your name on the list, you get on. I put I put my name on the list. Professor Ray Grant was hosting. Uh, I was petrified. I literally thought I was going to swallow my tongue. I was so scared. I had never done nothing like that. Uh, but once they call your name, you got to go. So they called my name. I went up there, did my five minutes, and I was, I did fairly decent the first time I ever went on. I had went over it so many times. It was like, it was like a recording in my head. Okay. And I did pretty good. It's the very first time I went on. Um, after that got rough, but the first time wasn't bad. Okay. Yeah. Now, with that being said, because I know like doing comedy is not easy. I, you know, I'm not do I don't do comedy, but I've been in the field and in the background, kind of seeing the ups and downs and everything. So when you got into it, like you said, the first time was cool, but then the next time was a little shaky. How did you get the, um, I guess, the courage to get back on stage when you had like a day that wasn't too great? I still couldn't tell you. Um, 
when I first started, I started like in the in the black circuit. So uh, I started doing comedy in a place called Five Five Nine in the West End. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuesday nights with Bruce Bruce, and the up and before that we would go to Uptown Tuesday nights with uh, Earthquake, and I don't know which one was worse. Um, because if you bombed in front of Earthquake, he would just give you the business. And then <laughs> 559 was every dope boy and stripper in Fulton County would be yep. in there every Tuesday night. And it just wasn't like a regular boo. It was, it was, you know, Atlanta niggas like, hey, bro, get this fuck nigga off the stage, man. Like, <laughs> damn, man. Girl, you know, Atlanta horrible. They'd be like, kill yourself. We'd be like, damn, nigga, for a joke. Yeah, my mom's in here, you know. <laughs> and, uh, it was rough. I don't know why we just kept coming back. Maybe because Bruce would give us $25 to come out there, but we was just happy with that. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the first, the first three years at 559, I probably bombed. I bombed all the time. And I don't know why I kept coming back, why I would torture myself with that. Right. And, uh, but I think going through that, like I can do, I can do comedy anywhere. Like mm-hmm. anything, there's not, there's nothing, nothing. If you can get to 559 with, None of this shit is, is rough. No, let me tell you how I know you could do comedy anywhere. The first time I saw you, I didn't meet you then. The first time I saw you was when I, I had a, well, I still have a shop, but my shop started in uh, Shannon Mall. And remember they had Max Fun, that little entertainment area, and then they had comedy night one night, and you did oh, comedy nice. that night. And the funny part is, because like I remembered you, and the only reason I remembered you, because you, you did do jokes, you did good, but I remembered you because my homegirl was like, oh, he's cute, I want to holler at him. And I'm like, who's that? She's like, oh, but he, he on stage. I'm like, but he's still human. Go talk to the nigga. Like, right. what the hell? And she was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm like, All right, okay, whatever. But that's that's why I remembered you. Because <laughs> she had a crush on you. She was it wasn't about the jokes, huh? Huh? No, good not. The joke was funny, but that's what like triggered me. Oh, I remember him because that's the dude Rashawn to like. Right. <laughs> wow, that's well, great. Speak, speaking of that, um, you did say you went home and started writing the joke. So how did you even know? Like you just kind of just grabbed from your own natural life, or you just knew, okay, this is gonna be funny. Let's let's get it. I was just whatever I thought was funny. I was making shit up, you know. Um, yeah, I made up a lot of stuff. So at the beginning, that's what it was about, you know, just making up whatever I thought. I was actually being really clever at the beginning of my career, like really a lot of clever stuff. And I probably should have went more to mainstream circuit, but I didn't I didn't know that. All I knew was this ghetto shit. And so that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the route I took. Um, so, you know, me performing, who, depending on who you're performing in front of, is kind of who you gravitate your material towards. So that's what I was doing. So it was, you know, a lot of, I'm not, I'm not a hood dude, but, you know, that's the kind of crowds I was performing in front of. Because I was doing, like I say, really clever stuff up front, and they, they was like, whatever, dude, you know, we, you know, this is 559, we said, no, these are strippers in here, so, you know. Yeah, because you was the one that said, um, now, don't quote me if I'm wrong, because I know I heard it before, and I think it was you. If I'm wrong, then just correct me. But you had a joke about where you were saying, like, cocaine everywhere. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I like, I thought that was you, but I'm not for sure. <laughs> I'm sorry, there you go. There you go, okay. But, um, okay, now, do you have culture shock since you have moved from Atlanta to LA? Because I'm from LA, so I'm just wondering what is Oh, your- you are, okay. Yeah. Definitely. What your differences? <laughs> uh, I don't live, like, south of the 10. I've, since I've been there, I've been there a couple of years now, 
and I I primarily in the valley. That's why I work in the valley. Uh, right now, I live near downtown. So uh, the culture shock for me is just Atlanta is the black mecca, and to go from that to Hollywood, where you really have to find black people. Because um, I don't live in those. They're, they're there. I just don't live. I don't live near Inglewood. I don't live near South Central. So I'd have to go over there to really hang out with black people. You know. Yeah, and, like pull um, up the person. You'll see all of them. <laughs> yeah, but you got to. But which, which, and you've been from LA, like traffic will deter you from a lot of decisions in LA. Traffic, mm -hmm. you think Atlanta's bad. Traffic is no bullshit. It will determine what your day is like. Somebody oh, yeah. come to the air and I'm, I'm landing at LAX at two in the afternoon. Can you come get me? Uh, no. That's a three-hour three trip. <laughs> yes, Lord. That is a journey. It is hard. So for me to go from the valley to Inglewood just to hang out, that's, that's an all-day affair. So you, you just don't do it because traffic will really determine where you hang out in L.A. You want to stay where you can, you know, you can get around at a, at a decent time. Like, I live near downtown. COVID is here, so it ain't as bad. Traffic's starting to come back, but it ain't as bad. I can get to work in 12 minutes. I can get home in, like, 22 minutes. But if, if it was regular traffic, it would probably be talking about 40 minutes for me to get home every day from work. Yeah. Well, speaking of work, how is it being a writer on a TV series? Well, that was very well. I, was the, I wrote on the first season. I didn't write this last season, but the first season I wrote on The Neighborhood, and uh, it, was, uh, it was a huge jump in what I did going from just writing my own stuff for me to working at uh, CBS, which is one of the big three networks. Like, that's, okay. that's just jumping from street ball to the NFL mm -hmm. or the NBA. You know, and um, it's rough. It's, it's a it's a lot different. You know, I've worked everybody that I work with. Like my my boss was uh, the head writer at um, at uh, the Big Bang Theory for seven years. Okay. Uh, I, I wrote with people that worked that worked at Saturday Night Live. That wrote for Ellen. That wrote for uh, mm. the Amy Fox Show. That wrote for Fresh Prince. That wrote for the Connors. Every show you can think of. These are people I work beside every day. So mm. it was the it's the big leagues. You know, oh, yeah. and it takes a lot. So how did you segue into the big leagues? Well, because of my relationship. Like, you know, you can make it out there if you if you take the, the long route, which is going to film school or writing school and graduating and being someone's apprentice and then, you know, working in somebody's writer's room as a writer's aide for years and then finally get put on and once you want, then you can kind of stay on. But I have a relationship with Cedric Entertainer. I, open for sale for the last nine, 10 years. So when he got greenlit for this show, we were in uh, Cleveland doing the show. It's so funny, uh, after the show, I never forget said was, we went to some strip club in, in Cleveland, some ghetto ass strip club. <laughs> and said was drunk as hell. And uh, he was like, man, I got this new show. I think you'd be a good fit, you know, because you know my voice. And okay. uh, I want to get you in the writer's room. That's um, to say, that's dope. He's actually one of my favorite comedians, but that's that's super dope. I got a chance to meet him a couple of years ago, but very laid back, very humble. But that's it's always great to have someone like that's in your circle that's yeah. not trying to push you down and like come with me, you know? Right. So um when he told me that, uh I called him the next day. I was like, you know, you had a few drinks, you sure you remember what you talking about? He's like, Oh yeah, I remember. And so I come to find out that the room had already started. The writer's room had already started. So I hit say that. I was like, what's the deal? He's like, man, 
they already got all their riders. The money is all divvied up. Yeah. But if you come out Monday, I can get you. I can get you in the room. You got to prove yourself. Mm. And at that and at that point, I basically checked out of Atlanta, like right there. And I said, I'll see you Monday. And I just flew out Monday, and you know, was in a in a Hollywood writers room. Didn't know. I knew two people in there because I knew a couple of comedians that wrote for it already. And, um, you know, it was, like, it was a huge jump, but it was a great opportunity. Huge Hold opportunity. Hold on one second. Your phone kind of, those people, on. around those people. Hold on one second. You got to repeat that because it kind of chopped up right then. Uh, you, I heard you say that it was a few comedians that you knew, and then after that, it chopped up. Oh, yeah. So it was a few comedians in the room that I knew, uh, Tracy Ashley, Malik. Uh, S were already in the room, so I knew them from comedy, from stand up, but everybody else, nobody else I knew. Um, so, you know, again, having to prove myself and coming off the street with no experience whatsoever and it, going from writing stuff for myself, which of course I will prove everything I do, still being in there and 90 to 95% of what you say is like, no, 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 you know, getting chopped up and you have to have a strong ego and I mean, it was days I was like, well, I ain't gonna say shit else because y'all not paying me no fucking attention. And um, and you'll go through that, you know? Yeah. So that's what I went through when I first got out there. Yeah, but you survived it and you're still thriving. So that's all that matters. I'm still out there. I'm still out there. So I went from that. Um, I'll be perfectly honest with you. After the first year, I was told I did not have enough experience to be in the writer's room. So I went down on the floor where the actors were. I started... Um, doing some stand-in work, and um, I got, I don't know if you know Miss Pat, so me and Miss Pat have a great relationship, so she got her own show. I started doing some punch-up work for her show and also did some, um, I did crowd warm-up for her show. Okay. So, so uh, I was asked to do crowd warm-up for the neighborhood as well, so I was actually going to do the last episode of last season, but that's when COVID hit, so I wasn't able to do that, and now I can't do it because we don't have any crowds due to COVID. So that kind of put a kibosh on that opportunity. But uh, when it comes back, you know, I still have the opportunity. And I also picked up a uh, role on the show, playing Randall, the bar, um, the mailman on the show. Awesome. And see, that's the, but people don't know about the entertainment industry. It ain't even about the industry. It's about the relationships. It's a lot to do with relationships because uh, when when Sam brought me in, uh, the, the, the showrunner was like, you can't just bring your friends in here he was like well at the house and we gonna get black writers because y'all won't bring none in it'll be a room full of white dudes because all they gonna do is hire their friends and they don't know they i mean it's they don't know black boys they say they had a black actor saying stuff he's like man he wouldn't say that you know yeah. so it's, you you need black voices on these shows the one thing that I am appreciating about, like, you know, people, are, everybody is hating COVID. What I am appreciating about COVID, it is allowing people to be creative and starting to do their own thing and not waiting on the next man. Uh-huh. So that's what I'm looking yeah. at. So yeah. well, speaking of that, what have you done in your quarantine time? Uh, I started picking up art and I've, I've uh, flourished in that a lot. I, I had, I never really done art, but when it got me some sketch pads and some paints and things like that, and I really got into it deep. So I, got, I can really call myself an artist. I started doing wall art and um, a lot of abstract stuff. That's what I'm into, abstract work. And I've actually done some art on other people's walls now, too. Oh, dope. So all you got to do yeah, is so grow you your hair out to a fro and start doing the little trees. 
<laughs> so, so you can go to my Instagram page. You can see some of the work that I've done uh, as far as art goes. That's dope. So yeah. okay. So you've done the art now. So that's so actually that's what's keeping you motivated. Why, like when you had the downtime, you just started doing the art. Did you think about putting it on sale yet, or are you just kind of just doing it for fun? No. Um, some people have offered me some money to do some things, but that's not what I why I got into it. I just wanted to, <clears throat> something to take up my time. I knew it was going to be a lot of downtime, yeah. and I had some ideas in my head. So I was like, I'm not in it for the money. If you want to pay me, this is the price, but that's not, you know. Okay. And I've had some people offer. <clears throat> I actually done it, like I said, a couple of walls of people's houses. So I started on paper, but then I moved to like uh, you know, accent walls. Oh, I do. Yeah. My whole house is full of accent walls. That's what I do all day long. Right. <laughs> okay, so we're going to switch gears for a second. So I'm going to get into your personal, not too deep, but what is your favorite rapper and or singer and why? Uh, favorite of all time? Hmm. One. Uh, you probably never heard of him, but it's a guy. It's a group called Little Brother, and uh, uh, Fonte from Little Brothers may be my favorite rapper of all time. Okay. And not a lot of people, unless you like really uh, a hip hop head, like you like in the backpack rap, then you probably would have never heard of him. But he's one of the dopest MCs in, in the game. And, and he's based out of where? Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. I'm a DJ, so I'm on anytime I hear about new music, I'm yeah. looking it up. <laughs> Look up little brother and Fonte. Okay. Now who name one of your top favorite female comedians? Uh right now I love listening to just niche. I mean, she is she is a monster. And it ain't even about being a female. She's just funny. Yes. She don't she don't pander to female all females in the crowd. It's just about being funny. It's, it's, she's truly amazing. I love her. Uh, so yeah, definitely just me. Yeah, she's super dope. I had her on the show a couple of weeks ago. She's super dope. Um, yeah. So lastly, well, no, it's not the last what we're talking, but last question in that arena is what are some words of wisdom that you would give anybody in the entertainment industry or that's trying to become an entrepreneur? Um, do have fun. You know, don't let the be creative and have fun, and don't put money first. The money will come. No, you know, if, if you're doing what you love to do with the art, I, I didn't do it for no money. I just did it for the art of it. I liked doing it, and I felt creative. It took up a lot, you know, took up a lot of good space in my life. So that's why I did it. So, you know, don't chase the money. Just, you know, chase the craft and the art. And everything else will fall in place. Okay. Now, before we get out of here, I like to try to keep it fun. So we have a couple of quick segments. We have Kiss or Diss, which is Celebrity Crushes. So I'm going to throw uh -huh. out some celebrity names, and you're going to decide who you kissing and who you dissing. All right. All right. Regina King or Regina Hall? Who you kissing who you dissing? Uh, I kiss Regina. I Hello, I'm sorry. You got the Teddy Riley going on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. kissing Regina Hall, this and Regina King. Okay. Do I get? Can I kiss both? No, you got to pick one or the other.
Dang, your your phone is acting real light skin right now. Okay, I picked my that's my pick then. Okay, so you your phone is either frozen. Can you hear me now? I can hear you, but you but you frozen. Okay, now I can see you moving. All right. So, so, okay. my, so, so my this is Regina King and my kiss is Regina Hall. Okay. Lisa Ray or Vivica Fox? Who you kissing, who you dissing? Well, I'm kissing Lisa Ray and I'm dissing on Viv. No, that's it, Vivica Fox, not I'm Viv. That's what I'm talking about. I'm Viv. I'm Vivica oh. Fox. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right. Last one. Tracy Chapman or Maxine Waters? Who you kissing, who you dissing? Jeez. That's a rock and a hard place right there. Who? I guess, I guess, uh, who? Uh, kiss. All I gotta do is kiss him, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just gonna kiss. I'm gonna kiss Maxine Waters on the cheek. Yeah, cause she's too old. I can't tongue uh, Maxine. I can't do that. What if she come back and be like, uh, uh claiming my time? <laughs> <laughs> now you add more on to the question. See, now you add still on. All right. Now we are moving on to our DAQs. That stand for dumbass questions. Just random questions I want answers to. All right. If you can make up a word that will be included in the dictionary, what would the word be and what would be its definition? You got to give me that one before I get a chance. <laughs> make up a word. Oh, geez. Uh, oh, man. Uh, Lego. Okay. And what's the definition? Let's do it. <laughs> okay. L-E-G-G-O. There it is. If you ran for president and won, what would your acceptance speech sound like? Um, please don't shoot me. That would be the first thing. Please uh, don't kill me. I'm just, <laughs> I'm doing this for all of you. <laughs> all right. Now, <laughs> for $3 million, would you eat 15 chocolate-covered roaches and walk while beefing it up from Camp Creek Parkway all the way to Edgewood Avenue. Yeah. Hell yeah. You would eat the 15 chocolate covered roaches? For, for how many million? Three. Yeah. Okay, but you but you people, people doing it for free. But you gotta beef it up all the way to Camp yeah. Creek. Three million dollars. I can buy a new tongue after that. <laughs> All right. If you had to remake the Reading Rainbow theme song to a trap song, how would it go? I don't even know the Reading Rainbow song. Wait a minute now. Who don't know Reading Rainbow? I don't know that one. I don't know Butterfly that one. in the sky. I can go I twice the sky. Are you serious? I'm serious. I don't know Reading Rainbow song. Oh my God. You making me feel old. <laughs> well, that's no, my I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm older than you. Well, then you should know Reed Rainbow. I don't know. I'm gonna need you to do better. Do you nah, know who I Mr. Rogers is? I don't know who Mr. Rogers is. <laughs> I don't know the Reed Rainbow. Okay, fine. I'm gonna let you slide on that one. <laughs> All right. All right. Last thing is um. Uh, GMG, that is my new segment. It's called What Grinds My Gloss. Anytime I have a male on is What Grinds Your Gangster. So basically, just give me one of your pet pet peeves that grinds your gangster. One of my, and, and just in life, period? Yes. Uh, uh, 
Um, right now, I would say, and I don't like, I don't mind, I hate getting political, but people who are putting Trump on a pedestal, like just putting a, a man, some 70 year old man on some godlike pedestal, it just irks me. I don't understand it and it drives me nuts. So just, not even just him, just putting a, a, a human being on a pedestal of some godlike pedestal. So that irks me. Okay, mine would be late people. I hate people that come late and stroll in like they on time. That is my pet peeve. <laughs> and then have that's a nerd why, have a conversation. That's why I make sure I log in on time. <laughs> I know that's right. All right, so we are moving on to the last thing now. During the quarantine, much like others, you took up art. I took up being creative, and we created a game called Finger Do, me and my homeboy DJ All Star. So it is a musical game. And what you do is you sing the melody of a song that's on the card, but you can only use the word do. Got it? Okay. So mm -hmm. I'm going to do a couple, and you're going to guess the song. I'm going to let you do a couple, and we're going to be out. All right, we got mm -hmm. hip-hop, R&B, greatest hits, pop and billboard hits, country rock, sing and do favorites, which is basically just some of our favorite songs, TV themes, party and dance hits, or old school. What category would you do? Uh, I'll do TV things. Oh, you would make it hard. All right, you can do this one. You ready? Yeah. Do 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 There we go. All right, so you got the hang of it. All right, so I'm gonna let you do a couple. I'm going to do R and B and hip hop because that's easy for me. <laughs> and just let me know when you're ready. You ready? Uh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, if you don't know, what you can do. say it again. I got I got to see him. Hold on. Okay. Okay. All right. I think I, I think I, I'm gonna put it. Oh, how does this go? Give me another card. Give me another card. <laughs> sure. All right. Okay. Do 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 do. Get down on it. Get down on it. Okay. Get down on it. All right. Yes, yeah, all right. Uh, you got it. Uh. Okay. All right. I got it. Okay. I'm ready. Uh, do, 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 All right, I'm ready. Do 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 do
I know I know it, but I can't. I don't Sitting on the dock of the bay? There it is. All right, well, that is how you play Singadoo. If you are interested in getting the game, go to singadoo.com. It is the perfect stocking stuffer for all family and friends and all ages. And oh, I, get a free, I get a free version, right? I don't know about that, but <laughs> no, we can work something out. <laughs> Look, we in the quarantine just like you. That's why we came up with it. <laughs> right. But we definitely can work something out. But thank you for coming on the show. And please let everybody know how they can find you if you're selling any merchandise, where they can pick it up, and how to get in touch with you. Yes, you can just hit me on Instagram. It's Sean, S-E-A-N underscore Larkins, L-A-R-K-I-N-S. Facebook is Sean Larkins. Um, uh, I'm going to be at Uptown Comedy Corner in Atlanta this coming weekend. So if you're in the A-Town, make sure you pull up on me. Uh, you can holler at me. I'll get you on the guest list. Just go on down. All right. Well, we will see y'all next All right. time. Yeah. All right. Kenneth is PG brought to you by Sandy. Or the Earth Today at Sandy.com. Did you do it today? Make sure you subscribe, like, and share. Tune in every Sunday, Monday, and Thurs